Good morning. Isn't it good to be in God's presence this morning? If you know anything about me, one of the things you know is that I like to take pictures. I like to think of myself kind of as a, a photographer. Um, that, uh, one of the things I've been trying to do the last few years is to work on my uh, photography skills. A couple of years ago, I went up to Maroon Bells, and while I was there, I saw these two young ladies raising their hands toward heaven, praising the Lord. And whenever I, I see that picture, I always want to say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What a beautiful picture just to watch these raise their hands worshiping God. You know, pictures are great. They are something that help to remind us of different things, different places, different people within our lives. Uh, let's take just a moment and do a little walk down memory lane. And I want to show just a few pictures of some things that may have been in your life. And if you remember these things, just kind of raise your hands if you, you go through the different things there. If you remember these, okay, so. And, yeah. Especially if you're the old stenograph machine, yes. Wow. How many have seen a rotary phone lately? Just a few of these things. Yeah. You know, those little things some, seem somewhat insignificant, but yet those little things have each had an impact and an influence on our hearts and on our lives within our history. So never count out the little things that you would think would be insignificant. Maroon Bells was a beautiful place, and this is the rest of the picture that that day I took when those two young ladies were there. What a beautiful place Maroon Bells is. I had an opportunity also to, in the last couple of years to do a little bit of traveling and uh, got to travel a little bit in Europe. And here's a picture of a little town in Europe. And one of the things about Europe, that, that, that they had these little towns, but in the center of the town, you could always see the church. And the church steeple would rise above the, everything so that everybody around could see the church and focus on that one point and remember their, their faith there. You know, the, another thing as you take pictures, you think of things, you think of places, and you think of people. This last summer, I had a family reunion. On my mother's side of the family, about 60 of us all gathered together there and be able to share that, that time and that, those moments. You know, I can step back now and take a look at some of the pictures and um, think about the things, the places, the people that we love that have had an influence on our lives and the things that we want to be reminded of, the memories we want to have refreshed. This last week, I was talking with Don this last week, he told me that he was going through some pictures for his family. And it's, it's, they were always asking him, well, where was that place? Or who were those people? When was, was that time? We can say, with the, we look at the pictures. We've been there. We've done that. We are eyewitnesses of those events. 
And we have fond memories of those places, those things, those people, things that have caused changes within our lives. And boy, isn't it exciting to see all of the changes that has been occurring throughout the years? Just to think from the time of the rotary phone to now we have our cell phones that everybody carries and almost everybody texts with and stuff there. But it's interesting, all the changes in technology, exciting to see those changes. And I'm thinking about what's going to happen in the next 40 years for my children and my, my grandchildren. You know, all of the technological advances that, that they will see and the things that they, they will do. But above and beyond it all, there's one thing that I want my children to know and my grandchildren to know. And that is, I want them to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their hearts and lives. You know, all of the other things that happen, that is the crucial thing, the main thing that I want my family to know. Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. It was the Apostle Peter who answered the call of Jesus when Jesus said, Come and follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. A couple of weeks back, we had Norman Moore preaching here in the chapel, and he spoke from a passage in 2 Peter. And so I want to kind of follow up a little bit on that passage in 2 Peter, just a little further down, 2 Peter, the first chapter, and began reading at the uh, 12th verse. And listen to the words of the Apostle Peter. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things now in this passage up to this place if you notice that Peter is using the first person pronoun I now, all of a sudden, Peter changes from the I to we. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. The apostle Peter, when he was writing those words, was serving as a pastor. You know, as a pastor, we often know that the things that we have to tell our people, that we talk to our people, we don't often tell them much anything that is new. Uh, you know, a pastor has, has sometimes been this, this, we feel like we're kind of preaching to the choir. We feel like everybody already knows what we've, we've already got to say. Uh, someone once described a, a pastor as a, a good person telling good people to be gooder. 
you know, I, I know that's not good English. That's, that's bad English, but it does make good sense with that there. You know, the Apostle Peter realizes he's writing this passage, he's not going to be telling them anything new, but he had a burden on his heart that he was wanting to share with them, things that he didn't want them to forget. Peter was really kind of an ultimate pastor who cared for his flock, and Peter was wanting to refresh their memory of some of the key events, key things within their lives, such as the time when they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Do you remember that time? Or do you remember the time when you, you knelt at an altar of prayer and consecrated your life, and in that moment you were entirely sanctified? Do you remember that time? You know, we need to have those anchor points in our lives. The old time evangelists used to say, well, whenever something key like that happens, when you're saved or when you're sanctified, you ought to write it in the back of your Bible. Put your name, date, and place. So that when times of trials come, and they will come, you can point back to that time and place and I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he has sanctified me entirely. Well, you know, the Apostle Peter didn't have the luxury of having a camera. He didn't even have the luxury of having the New Testament as we have it today. But he had a burden on his heart that he wanted to share with his people because he knew that they would be facing persecution they would be facing trials very soon. He also knew that there were those within the society around about him who were, were wanting to lead his flock astray. And so he wanted them to be certain that they had things that they could anchor their, their faith upon. And there were so many things that the Apostle Peter could have shared with his people. But there's one thing that he chose to share with them. He wanted them to remember the day when he, Peter, James, and Jesus went up to the mountaintop. Peter, James, John, and Jesus went to the mountaintop. Before Jesus was crucified, as Jesus went to seek God's will in prayer, and there on the mountaintop, Jesus was transfigured before them. God's Shekinah glory came and shone down upon Jesus. There, Jesus, also they had a vision of Jesus, Moses, the great giver of the law, and Elijah, the great giver of, of prophecy, all three there together. And Peter, being Peter, as impetuous as he was, you know, Peter said, Lord, this is wonderful. This is great. Let's build three tabernacles here for you. One for you, one for Moses, one for uh, Elijah there. Then out of the blue, out of the great cloud, God's voice came and said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Now can you imagine what kind of impression that made on Peter's life 
Could you even imagine what kind of depression it would have made on your life if you were, were there? You know, to me, whenever I, I think of that passage, I always think that Peter is wanting to stay on the mountaintop. But God is reminding Peter that, you know, it's great to have those mountaintop experiences, but we also need to come down to the valley. And we need to be able to bring Jesus with us down in, into the valley. You know, that was such an experience that changed Peter's life. Now let's go 30, maybe 40 years into the future when the Apostle Peter is serving as a pastor in Rome. Peter saw Nero burn Rome and then blame the Christians and cause a great persecution among the Christians. And Peter, doing the, the prudent thing, warned the believers to get out of town and maybe even himself decided to leave Rome. Tradition has it that as Peter was leaving Rome, he had a vision of Jesus. And he asked Jesus, where are you going, Lord? You know, with the Latin term is quo vadis. Jesus said, to Rome, to be crucified anew. Now, I don't know whether that tradition is true, or that may be what Peter had had in mind as he was writing this passage. Or maybe Peter may have been thinking about to the time when he was back with Jesus on this, the shores of the Sea of Galilee. When Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked Peter, do you love me? And there predicted the kind of death that Peter would have. Maybe at that time, whichever time we don't really know for sure, but we do know that Peter was concerned about his flock. He was concerned about the church. He was concerned that very shortly he would be arrested and be killed. And so he wanted to leave them with some memory, something that, that they could take and hold on to when the trials came, something that they could hold on to when the false teachers would come and try to lead them astray. The apostle Peter said, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of the majesty, his presence with us and God's presence with us. Peter knew what he was talking about. He was an eyewitness. He had, had been there. And what Peter counted most in Peter's life, and he wanted the people to remember, was the majesty and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. There as, as God sent his Shekinah glory on Jesus. Peter could have told them about the ministry of Jesus. He could have told them about the death of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus and all of those things wrapped up into it. But Peter chose to tell them about that, the transfiguration, the power and the authority of Jesus. And Peter said, this is, this is not a fairy tale. This is not a fable. It is not a myth. This is the truth. And he wanted his people to realize this is the truth. Jesus is the Lord. And Jesus is coming back again someday. You know, back in Peter's day, the early Christians believed that Jesus would return within their lifetime. But he didn't. Now it's thousands of years later, and Jesus still has not yet returned. 
And there are some today who want to say that Christianity is just a myth, it's a fable, or it's a philosophy. Now, Christianity is more than that. Christianity is real. The Christian faith is real. And because of the eyewitnesses of the Christian faith, you are here today because someone told you about Jesus Christ. You are here today because you made a commitment to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You have become eyewitnesses of God's grace within your life. We know that this beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is something that we can hang our faith and our, the truth upon. Peter knew that he was not going to live much longer. Peter knew that he wanted to make absolutely sure that his people knew and had everything that they needed to live a holy life in this world. This is not just some story, Peter said, I'm making up. This is real. And that's the message the world needs to hear today. This is not some story. This is real. It's nice to have those mountaintop experiences when we have those, but we can't just stay up on the mountaintop. We need to bring Jesus into the valley and into our world day by day. We look at the photographs, we can say, I've been there, I've done that, I've seen that. This is really real. But now, Peter is calling for us to be eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ, where we can say, I've been there, I've done that, I know beyond a shadow of doubt. As we begin to look toward Easter, we look toward the cross and the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. But it's with the experience of faith we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and we are enabled to live a life when the hard time come, we're able to point back to those times and say, I know this is real. It's not a fable. It's not a myth. How do I know? Because of the eyewitness that I have of what Jesus had done within my heart my life in, in this, this place. You are eyewitnesses of what Christ is doing today in our society. And our world needs to hear that this is the truth. Would you stand together with me? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the day that the Apostle Peter stood upon the mountaintop and there he saw the Shekinah glory of God fall upon his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, we're thankful today for the day, the time, and the place when you came into our hearts and into our lives and the difference that you are making within our hearts and our lives today. Lord, as we go forth from here, Help us to be eyewitnesses, indeed, of the majesty and the power and the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Our world needs to hear today that this is not some myth, but this is the truth. And how do we know? Because you made a difference 
in our lives. And you have made us eyewitnesses of your love and grace. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's blessings.